Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right. Yeah. Our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Time to go to work! Hey, 36! I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner Coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter, and you can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons, and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others. You can find all all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best stats in the industry, baseball, football, basketball, and of course, most importantly, at least to me, college football stats. College football stats are extremely hard to find, and they have some of the best that you can find in the entire industry. For just $15 a year, you can get a subscription to them, check out all that stuff. It is well worth it, and if you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you get 10% off of that as well. One of the best deals in the industry for one of the best sites in the industry for some of the best college football stats and all stats all in general for all of the uh, for all of the leagues, football, baseball, and basketball as well. Again, college football are very hard to find, so that's what I usually focus on uh, and if you guys follow me on twitter you see all the college football stuff i post i get all of my stats from that website it is phenomenal so today's podcast i will finish breaking down the rest of the week 11 games including the monday night football game we saw last night between the chiefs and the chargers matt is not with me he talked about it a little bit on yesterday's podcast uh, we had some scheduling stuff going on, uh, so he will be joining me again on Thursday with Tony. I'll be running solo today. So with that being said, we're just going to jump right in, and we're going to break down the games. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played for me. 
The first game I'm going to talk about was the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. A game I thought was going to be a lot closer than it ended up. Houston losing this one 7-41. Deshaun Watson just 18-29, 169 yards and an interception to come in at QB 27 with just 7 points. Carlos Hyde running back 19 with 12.5 points in this one. 65 yards and a touchdown on 9 carries. Duke Johnson just 40 yards on 6, ca- uh, 40 yards on six carries, 4 yards on 2 catches. DeAndre Hopkins, really the only other noticeable fantasy player here. 80 yards, 470 catches to come in at wide receiver 20 with 11.5 points. It was a tough game for the Texans in this one, obviously, against a Baltimore defense that has really been improving over the the season so far. Started off a little wishy-washy. I think they've really kind of come on and proven that the Ravens are one of the best teams in the NFL, not just offensively, but defensively. And when that offense is putting up as many points as they are, you're trying to come at a secondary that does have a lot of good pieces in Baltimore. Moving forward, I'm really not worried about anybody. Um, here are the main guys in Watson and, and, and Hopkins. Those are obviously the two main guys that we're playing every week. I mean, we, we, we've obviously talked multiple times about the Hyde and the Duke Johnson dilemma. If you've got either one of them, I feel like you can play in both as flex options. But I don't think either one is really going to bring back that RB2 value every single week. Will one do it every other week or so? Yes, I'm sure, for instance, Hyde did it this week. But a lot of that came because of the touchdown. If he doesn't get you that touchdown, he's not bringing you back that value. So I'm not trusting either one of those guys moving forward outside of anything than a flex, especially obviously with our playoffs right around the corner. On Baltimore's side here, Lamar Jackson has himself another big day. 17-24, 222 yards, four touchdowns in the air, added 86 yards on the ground to come in at QB2 with 33.5 points. Mark Ingram comes in at our running back two in this one. 80, uh, yeah, 80, 48 yards. My goodness, guys, I'm, I'm just all over the place today. 48 yards on 13 rushes, but does add 37 yards on three catches and two touchdowns. Gus Edwards gets into the end zone in this one as well and gets 112 yards on eight carries as well. He comes in at RB5 with 17 points. Mark Andrews has himself a big day in this one. Uh, Really the only receiving option that stands out. Four catches for 75 yards and a touchdown to come in as tight end three with 15.5 points. Talked about it many times. I think for me on Baltimore side here, it's it's just Lamar and Andrews are the only guys that I feel really comfortable playing. Obviously, Mark Ingram had a big game here, and you're playing him, even if it was just based on draft capital. He's been good the past couple weeks. Obviously, what he got out of the, uh, the, the receiving game in this one really kind of made his day in this one, but 13 carries, so just a... Literally just five more than Gus Edwards in this one, and and he was much worse than Gus Edwards running the ball, which is a little bit concerning because Houston has been kind of a sieve leaking very badly against the run here. So the fact that he was only able to average 3.7 yards uh, compared to what Gus Edwards was doing, 14 yards of carry is just a little bit ridiculous. did have the 63-yard run, uh, so that does kind of skew his numbers a little bit in Gus Edwards, but... The, the receiving work is what really kind of brought his uh, value up this week uh, for, for Baltimore. You're still playing him, obviously, but the only guys that I'm fully trusting every single week that I'm put, putting in my lineup and feeling great about Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Next up, a game that I did not expect to be as good as it was. Uh, final score, a little bit in, uh, a little bit in, not really indicative, uh, a little, uh, man, what's the word I'm looking for here? 
uh, a little bit misleading. That's what I want to go with here. And the Cardinals losing 26-36. The the San Francisco 49ers got a late scoop and score in this one to kind of make it a 10-point difference, but it was not at all uh, that much of a blowout. It was really actually a close game for the most part. Kyler Murray, 24-33, 150 yards and two touchdowns in the air. Added 67 yards and a touchdown on the ground to come in at QB6 with 26.7 points. Kenyon Drake, 67 yards on 16 carries in this one, added 13 yards on 6 catches to come in at running back 22 with 11 points. And then Larry Fitzgerald, 37 yards and a touchdown uh, on 5 catches to come in at wide receiver 22 with 11 points. Kirk still does have a good game, though, does get the most targets, 41 yards on 6 catches. Uh, a little bit surprising, too, with with how good I feel like both those guys did against a really good secondary. Kyler Murray's just been amazing. Um, you know, I talked about him. Um, obviously, on this pod, I was saying that I thought he would be a really good quarterback in the NFL. Dennis was on the other side of that. Uh, he was also on the back row show talking about quarterbacks. Me and uh, Barker were both on the Kyler Murray train. The other, player, uh, other players, the other people on the show, I believe, was Frank Scandero and Aaron Arms that day. were both uh, against Kyler Murray doing anything in the NFL. He's looked phenomenal. You cannot take anything away from him has really been proving it with his arm has not done as much running as I thought he would now he has incorporated that a little bit more especially outside those first three or four weeks uh, in the NFL he was not running that much at all but has lately uh, and he's just looked phenomenal he looks like he's going to be a very good quarterback for many years to come on the 49ers side, we saw a major question answered uh, in this one. Can Jimmy Garoppolo win the 49ers a game? And he did. He put the team on his back in this one and won them the game. 34-45, 424 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions to come in at QB3 with 31.7 points in this one. Tevin Coleman just 14 yards on 12 carries. Raheem Mostert 13 yards on six carries. So neither one of those guys were doing anything. Coleman third uh, comes in at RB34 with 7.7 points. Kyle Juszczyk actually comes in. Technically, he's listed as an RB, even though he is a fullback. Comes in at running back 26 with 9.8 points because he gets 63 yards on seven catches in this one. And Debo Samuel continues to be the man here after uh, I mean, on a hot ride here the past couple weeks. 134 yards on eight catches. Wide receiver nine with 17.4 points. And then... uh Mr. Dwelly, which uh, I guess, you know, the gift that keeps on giving outside of the week, the Bengals uh, played uh, the Cardinals were, I mean, I was one of the people who too said start Tyler Eifert, but Ross Dwelly comes through for you at tight end if you played him with, uh, uh, my goodness, Kittle being out. Why? I could not think of Kittle. is ridiculous. Does get the two touchdowns, which really make his day in just four catches for 14 yards to come in at tight end four with 15.4 points. Hopefully we see Kittle back soon. If not, I don't know if I really trust Dwelly. Going forward, did not have a great game two weeks ago. Again, obviously, the the, the Arizona game, I point to the fact they've really been kind of a sieve against uh, tight ends here so far this season. They have a, a, a rough schedule moving forward. Packers, Ravens, Saints, uh, Falcons, which actually does not look as quite as easy as a matchup as it did earlier this season, and then the Rams uh, to finish out the fantasy playoffs. Uh, so with all those secondaries, uh, I mean, I'm not really feeling good about any of them. I, I, so I'm really not playing Dwelly. You're just kind of hoping Kittle comes back, and, and we honestly don't know if he will anytime soon. Outside of that, though, you got to keep playing your guys. I actually think Debo is worth a – if he's available, which I doubt, he's worth a stash. Uh, I think he could easily be a flex guy moving forward. He's shown even with Sanders out there, and I know Sanders was banged up, that he could be the guy. I think he's clearly come on and, and cemented himself as the two behind Sanders for the 49ers. 
Next up, we got a game that I honestly thought the Raiders were going to blow the Bengals out in this one. It's a close game for the most part throughout this entire one. Cincinnati loses 10-17 to the Oakland Raiders. Ryan Finley, 13-31, 115 yards and one interception. Does add 47 yards on the ground to come in at QB 26 with 8.3 points. Joe Mixon, 86 yards on 15 carries and a touchdown. Does add 17 yards on the one catch to come in at RB8 with 16.8 points. A little bit insane because that's really all that came through for, for anything. Tyler Boyd, one catch, zero yards. Now, Audit Tate was actually having a good game. I talked about this uh, two weeks ago or on last week's pod. Uh, I thought felt that those two would have a pretty good connection with all the second team works that they were doing earlier in the offseason or working together on the second team. Four catches for 56 yards, was targeted six times, which was the most out of everybody on the team, but he did get hurt and pulled out of this game. I think Tate honestly could have had a much bigger game had he stayed in there against a, a poor Oakland Raiders secondary. I think Tate was 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 a great play. Unfortunately, him getting hurt kind of did not work out for you. For the Bengals moving forward, I think it's really just mixing. I mean, they got the Steelers, uh, the Jets, and then the Browns, Patriots, Dolphins. So obviously that Week 16 matchup is going to be cake. You got Tyler Boyd. Uh, I still think Auden Tate might be a good play, uh, but I'm not playing him really against the Steelers. The Jets would be a good game. Browns, we'll see. I don't know what that defense is going to be like now, losing Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, that secondary could be a big, a lot, under a lot more tests than they were earlier in the season, having the, the defensive line pressuring them as the way they did with the Browns. So, Auden Tate, uh, a flyer for me, for really, I think, for the Bengals side moving forward, you're just playing Mixon. Mixon and Boyd with us again, moving very close to the playoffs in fantasy. On the Raiders side, Derek Carr, 25 of 29, does throw an interception in this one. Uh, also, I'm sorry, get you one touchdown for 292 yards. I don't know why. I just kind of blanked there, guys, and I apologize about that. Also does get a touchdown on one yard with five carries. He does come in at QB11 with 20.8 points. Josh Jacobs comes in at RB17 with 12.9 points in this one. 112 yards on 23 carries. Uh, doesn't do really anything in the receiving game. Just 12 yards on three catches. You've got... Tyrell Williams kind of has a bounce back game a little bit, kind of been a little bit quiet here the past couple weeks, 82 yards on four catches to come in at wide receiver 26 with 10.2 points. And then Darren Waller has himself a bounce back game as well, 78 yards on five catches to come in at tight end 12 with 10.1 points. For the Raiders moving forward, you obviously are starting Josh Jacobs every single week. He he has definitely proven me wrong. Looks like he is going to be a at, at worst an RB2 for his, I don't think he'll get a chance to get up to RB1 category, so he'll be an RB2. Uh, for the rest of the season. He has uh, two really good matchups coming up in the Jets and the Chiefs. Both teams suffering against the run here. Then does get the Titans, although the Jags have been beat up by the run too. They're next, and then the Chargers. So a couple good matchups, a couple tough matchups in there, but I think you're playing Jacobs every single week. Outside of him, Tyrell Williams, flex play for me every single week. And Waller, I think, has moved back into the, the tight end one. You were likely playing him every week anyways because you just kind of had to assume he would get it back. And so if you've been playing him, your faith has kind of been restored in him a little bit in this one. I think he he should be going good moving forward. As I mentioned, Jets, Chiefs, the Titans will be a tough matchup. But Jaguars, he might be able to put up some decent points against them. Uh, and then the Chargers to finish out the fantasy playoffs. So those are really the only three for me. Derek Carr, if you need a quarterback, he's been sneaky good this year. Uh, so I wouldn't be, I would not mind playing him. I don't think he's going to finish up in the top 12 at all if you're playing in a single, uh, single QB league, but 
it, I mean, who knows what you're looking at quarterback-wise. I still think I think he's easily a top 15 guy through the rest of the season. So if you don't have one of those top 12 guys, you need a guy who has some sneaky upside, I would definitely roll out Derek Carr. I think he's going to be fine the rest of the way. Just a couple games left. Man, it kind of it kind of flies by when you only have one person on here. I did not realize that. I guess it's some of it not having the debates with Matt on here, uh, which does make it a little bit more fun, too, because you've obviously got two differing opinions. Uh, you know, well... Regardless, we'll, we'll we'll break down these last three games and have a nice easy pot here today. Probably uh, right around thirty minutes, it looks like from what I'm running right now. So we'll talk about the next game, which is the Patriots and the Eagles. The Patriots getting the Super Bowl revenge, I guess. I, I don't understand that. I'm pretty sure that they don't care that they won this game compared to losing in the Super Bowl game, but they do technically get their revenge over the Eagles, winning seventeen to ten. Tom Brady goes 26 of 47 with 216 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. To come in at QB 25 with 8.5 points. Rex Burkhead is the best running back on the day for fantasy. 14 yards on 5 carries. Does add 34 yards on 2 catches to come in at RB 41 with 5.8 points. Julian Edelman. 53 yards on five receptions, does also throw a touchdown as well to come in at wide receiver 15 with 12.4 points, and Philip Dorsett, wide receiver 25 with 10.8 points in this one. Sony Michelle goes just 33 yards on 10 carries, James White 20 yards on five carries, uh, neither one of them does much in the receiving game, 11 yards on 12 catches for Michelle, White 16 yards on four catches, uh, as I said, Dorsett, uh, sorry, was uh, three for 33 with a touchdown, comes in at wide receiver 20. With 10.8 points. I don't know really what to do with the Patriots moving forward. I'm honestly a little bit worried about them. We saw Tom Brady came out. Uh, it was either yesterday or earlier today and was kind of complaining about the offense, saying that he doesn't like the way that they've been playing. And, and I don't blame him. And I don't know if it's necessarily on him. Uh, he has not thrown a lot of touchdowns this year. He hasn't turned the ball over either, which is good. But this offense just, it, it looks completely different than what we've seen out of them the past couple years. I mean, literally, their touchdown had to come from a trick play from Julian Edelman this week. So it's, it's definitely concerning as someone who uh, thought Sony Michelle was going to have a big, I shouldn't say that. I, I bought into what Dennis was saying in that Michelle was going to have a big year. It made sense in his argument. Um, and, and I bought into it. I drafted him in a couple leagues as well. That has just not worked out. I don't know what's going on with Sony Michelle. I don't know if it's injury related, if it's just the Patriots being the Patriots and trying to be too smart. Again, they are nine and one. So they do have that working for him. Uh, but I just don't think you can trust him moving down the stretch. Everybody keeps talking about how, ah, well, you know, once they get closer to the colder weather in the winter they're gonna run the hell out of sony michelle and he'll be good again but we're already here we're almost at the fantasy playoffs you got two weeks to make it in you can't trust sony michelle every week I, I, i'm someone who owns him in a couple leagues i've benched him i've benched him for the past couple weeks i'm not playing him i just can't trust him i'd rather i'd rather lose with him going off on my bench um, then lose with him in my starting lineup and not do anything because I just continue to trust him and there's just no reason to. He's not giving me a reason to trust him at all this year. He's had like two good games. So for me, moving forward with the Patriots, it's just Edelman and probably White. I think this is just kind of a bad game for White. Uh, I do think he's going to be fine moving forward. He is by far their best uh, running back altogether in my opinion, because of what he can do in the receiving game and does a little bit in the in the rushing attack as well. Um, just a little no, little note here, Nikhil Harry does become, get his first game here, 18 yards on three catches, so a lot of uh, his truthers, I'm sure, will be uh, 
glad to see him kind of play out the rest of the season, see if he can live up to that 1-1 billing at wide receiver. A lot of people thought he could. You know, I was not as high on him as others, so I'm interested to see what he does the rest of the season with the Patriots. On the Eagles side here, Carson Wentz, 20-40, 214 yards and an interception. Comes in at QB 20 with 14.3 points. My bad. All Miles Sanders, because my goodness, I thought he had a chance to have a really good game in this one, especially with Howard being out. 38 yards on 11 carries and just 9 yards on 2 catches to come in at RB42 with 5.7 points. That is just a bad call by me. Zach Ertz was the best wide receiver slash receiving, well not wide receiver, but the best receiving option in this one. 94 yards on 9 catches to come in at tight end 6 with 13.9 points. Dallas Goddard also makes his way onto the tight end board here. 36 yards, 1 touchdown, 3 catches, tight end 9 with 11.1 points. Ertz, I think, is back to being a top tight end. We kind of saw him struggle throughout the first part of the season. Really looks like he's bounced back and is kind of that tight end we remember him being, so you feel good playing him in your lineup every week. I actually think Goddard is fine to put in your lineup every week as well. If if you own Goddard opposite of Ertz, as in you don't own Ertz as well, I think you can still throw Goddard into your tight end lineup every week. He's been getting touchdowns. He's obviously a very talented player. Wentz is looking for him. So at right now with tight end, you know, Matt's mentioned it a bunch of times. If you only have like those top three guys, everybody else is kind of grouped in the, in their own tier. I think I think Goddard's in that tier, and and he has the touchdown upside more than most of the others in that tier, in my opinion. So I'd be willing to play him every week. Now, yes, there are going to be weeks where that doesn't work out for you, but I honestly feel like that's going to work out for you more often than not with Goddard. So I like Goddard this week, or not this week, moving forward throughout the rest of the season. I think he's got a a shot to continue to be right up there in that 8 to 15 range at tight end. Uh, they obviously, they have a tough matchup this week against Seattle, but then they got the Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys. So Cowboys, not a great matchup there for the, the championship week, but leading up into that, Three cake matchups. Both those guys should be good to go. Obviously, we didn't see a lot of Alshon in here. I've never been a big Alshon guy anyways. Uh, you're obviously playing him, though. I said, um, I don't even know what to say uh, on him. You know, obviously, we well, he missed the New England game because of the ankle injury, but I don't know if he's going to come back. I, I honestly don't know much about his ankle injury. I think he's been, from from my understanding, uh, well, not even that. He, he struggled this year. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if he'll be back for the Week 12 matchup or Week 11 matchup uh, here. Yeah, Week 12. I, I don't know if he's going to be back for that. Missed the game against the Patriots again because of the ankle injury. You have no idea. But there's nobody on this wide receiver core I'd be willing to trust. I mean, we, we know Deshaun Jackson's out for the season. You got Nelson Aguilar who had a... Just another horrible drop there in the end zone. Uh, uh, Carson Wentz, in all honesty, has not been playing that good either. Not not compared to what a lot of us thought he could. Jay Jaw. I mean, I like Jay Jaw. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver prospect. I don't see him doing much this year. So Wentz, a guy who a lot of us, including myself, had as, as a possible MVP candidate this year, is really not living up to the billing, unfortunately, uh, this year. And I think that is affecting the entire team. We'll see when Howard comes back as well. Uh, I would imagine he's probably going to be up most of, if not the rest of the season with them bringing and Jay Ajayi. And then again, Doug Peterson does a lot of stupid shit at running back, if I'm being honest. Uh, I would love to see more run from Miles Sanders because he is extremely talented, uh, but they just continue to mix in a bunch of bodies here. So we'll see what happens with those two, Howard and Jeffrey, moving forward. The Sunday night football game, which was just a snooze fest here between the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams winning this one 17-7 on the Bears side here. Mitch Trubisky played uh, for the most part the entire game. Did get pulled out with, I believe it was like three minutes left due to 
a, a quote-unquote hip injury. He goes 24-43, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception in this one to come in as QB 22 with 11 points. Tariq Cohen, the best running back on the day, 39 yards on nine carries, does add in 35 yards on five catches and a touchdown, again, to come in at RB11 with 15.9 points. Taylor Gabriel, the best wide receiver on the day, comes in at wide receiver 28 with 9.2 points, 57 yards on seven catches. Anthony Miller's 54 yards on six catches. Allen Robinson, just 15 yards on four catches, did get matched up with Jalen Ramsey most of the time, so I think A-Rob is good to go moving forward. Unfortunately, David Montgomery, just 31 yards on 14 carries, did add one catch for 19 yards. I'm I'm not going to lie, guys. I've been big on David Montgomery. I love the kid. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player moving forward. I think it's time to move him to your bench as well. When it comes to the Bears, the only player I am playing is Allen Robinson. I know he had a bad game this week. Again, he was going up against Jalen Ramsey, who is in the argument for one of the best, or not one of the best, the best cornerback in the NFL right now. So I imagine that's probably why he got shut down. I honestly did not get a chance to watch a ton of this game. Uh, I did watch about till halftime. And so uh, for me, going up against Jalen Ramsey, you can't expect him to have a big game. He he honestly seems to be the only uh, player fantasy-wise that continues to produce having Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback on this offense. So I think A-Rob is fine to play moving forward. I don't trust what I saw out of Tariq Cohen. Uh, and I think David Montgomery has unfortunately got to get moved to the bench. Maybe you play him this week. Obviously, we've got the four last teams on a bye. So depending on what your your roster construction is, if you might have to throw him in there because of bye weeks, I get that. Uh, but I would not be playing him unless it was in that in that kind of situation where you needed him for bye weeks. On the Los Angeles Rams side, Jared Goff also struggled in this one, did not play well at all. QB 28 with 6.2 points in this one, 11 of 18, 173 yards and an interception in this one. Let's see here. Todd Gurley, though, had a bounce back day, looked like the uh, the running back of old, the guy who's winning championships the past two seasons. RB3, 19.6 points in this, I'm sorry, 19.8 points in this one. 97 yards on 25 carries and a touchdown added 36 yards on three catches. That was really it. Josh Reynolds uh, does get you 55 yards on three catches to come in at wide receiver 45 with 6.5 points, but Cooper Cup 53 yards on three catches. Like it was just a bad day. A bad day for this offense. Gerald Everett, a guy who we were all, not even we, I was not. I'm still not big on Gerald Everett, but a lot of people were buying into him being a top 12 tight end. Just one catch on 20 yards. I think he's kind of fallen off the radar. This whole offense has. It's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. They've got a, um, you know, a really tough game this Monday night against the Ravens, but then they have the Cardinals. Seahawks Cowboys so after the Cardinals they've got two more tough matchups and then the 49ers again so their schedule is not going to be easy we we don't know what's going to go on with Robert Woods he was left out of the game or, or was out of the game uh, Sunday due to a personal issue we don't know if he's going to be back next week obviously Brandon Cook still struggling with the concussions you know, if you have Cooper Cup, you're obviously playing him every week. There's no way you could have known that he was only going to get three catches for 53 yards. But this offense just looks bad. They do not look at all like the Super Bowl contenders they were the past two years. And I, I don't know what's going on with them. I, I would probably put most of it on Goff. I've never been that big on Goff to begin with. I think he's a little bit overrated based on what he did the past two years. I think that was more Sean McVay. But then I think you could put some of it on Sean McVay for not making any kind of adjustments or anything. He just keeps running the same offense out there. Uh, you know, it, he did comment on it. it was good to see Todd Gurley out there and getting the ball as much as he was. Well, well, dude, you control that. You're you're the offensive coordinator. If you want Gurley to get the ball 30 times a game, you can just call the plays and give him the ball 30 times a game. So I do think with uh, 
the possible injuries and everything to the wide receiver core, Woods and Cooks, and depending on how long they're going to be out, I do think Gurley is a good top play every single week moving forward. I think they're going to rely on him because right now, while they are sitting at 6-4 and four in the NFC, the NFC is loaded, and there's no guarantee they make the playoffs. In fact, I would, I'm would i actually going to say right now, I don't think the Rams make the playoffs. I think the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks, uh, one of those two obviously wins the division. The other gets in as a wild card, and that's it. I think the other wild card is coming out of the NFC North like I predicted uh, at the beginning of the year when we did our, our, our uh, predictions for all of the conferences. So Rams, I do think, are, are kind of on the outside looking in, and I don't think they're going to make it in. But Todd Gurley should be good to go moving forward. Last up, the Monday night game in Estadio Azteca, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. Kansas City wins this one 24-17, surprisingly, because Patrick Mahomes has by far his worst game in his career. 19-32, just 182 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Does add 59 yards on the ground, though, to come in a QB 16 with 16.2 points. We saw Tyreek Hill get hurt in this one. Uh, unfortunately, we, we don't know how serious it is as of right now. I'm recording this uh, mid-afternoon on Tuesday. Nothing else has come out on his injury, so we don't know how serious that is. Damian Williams got hurt in this one as well after just seven yards on four carries. We saw Shady McCoy get 29 yards on seven carries and a touchdown. He comes in at RB18 with 12.7 points. Darrell Williams comes in and comes in, uh, gets you 11.3 points in fantasy, 35 yards and a touchdown on 11 carries. Travis Kelsey, the best receiving option on the day. 92 yards and a touchdown on seven catches to come in at tied end two with 18.7 points. So if we're going to move forward and assume that Tyreek Hill will be out for a couple games, I do think that you can go back to playing Nicole Hardman. Uh, I've never been a big Sammy guy. He did get the most targets here outside of... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, Shady McCoy and Kelsey did. McCoy got six. Uh, Watkins, just three targets in this one. Nicole Hardman actually had the most in four outside of Kelsey and McCoy. So I think Hardman is a decent play here. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised Demarcus Robinson didn't do much once Tyree Kill went out. But for me, I think it's just it's just Kelsey uh, and Mahomes. I'm not even sure I really trust this backfield. We need to find out what's going to happen with Damian Williams. If Damian Williams is ruled out for weeks moving forward, I would feel fine playing uh, LaShawn McCoy as well. Uh, I do think that he will be the workhorse there obviously Darrell Williams will still get some work as we saw in this one uh, but McCoy they used to you know him last week or left him on the bench as a, a work management kind of or load management whatever you want to call it uh, kind of day there last week in the game I think he'll be the guy that they use moving forward if Damian Williams is out if uh, if Damian Williams is not ruled out, I'm not sure I trust any of these guys now, so I do think McCoy's still going to get some run there, so it's going to be back to a two-headed backfield. I wouldn't feel comfortable playing either one of them. On the wide receiver side, you know, if you guys want to play Sammy Watkins, by all means, you do you. Uh, I just can't trust him uh, outside of one good year in Buffalo. He's just never really done anything, so I'm not buying into Sammy Watkins. Like I said, if Hill is out for multiple games, I'm going all in on Hardman. If you can get him... Grab him. I think he's going to be a really good play in, until Tyreek Hill comes back. On the Chargers side here, I mean, in all honesty, the Chargers should have won this game. If Phillip Rivers wasn't, uh, you know, practicing Christmas early, I guess, in a way, and giving away uh, interceptions to everybody on the Chiefs team in this one, it might have been a much different game. Rivers comes in at QB 18, though, with 16.1 points, 28 of 52 does throw for 353 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. Melvin Gordon, 69 yards on 14 carries, adds 21 yards on three catches to come in RB24 with 10.5 points. 
Austin Eckler, the best running back on the day. Man, this kid is just good. RB6 with 17.2 points. 108 yards on eight carry I'm on eight catches does add 24 yards on five carries. Keenan Allen, I mean, just screw you, Keenan Allen, if you ever listen to this, because you have just sucked for like the past six, seven, eight weeks, and I thought you were going to suck again. I'm not going to lie. So I, I did not take you or, or kind of bet against you in the pie bet here. And, of course, you come through. 71 yards and a touchdown on eight catches to come in at wide receiver 10 with 17.1 points. So now I get to get pied in the face this week. Mike Williams, wide receiver 33 with 8.6 points in this one. Uh, 76 yards on two catches. Had a great catch in this one. It was just a beautiful catch. If you haven't seen it, look it up. Uh, and then Hunter Henry, 69 yards on six catches for the Chargers moving forward. Uh, in all honesty, I think it's pretty straightforward. You're you're playing Eckler and Gordon every single week. Even if you own both of them, I think it's very very easy to play both of them because they both have been producing the past couple weeks. You're playing at Keenan Allen, even though you know he had had a bad couple weeks leading up into this. Obviously, getting into the end zone was big. That was kind of one of the big things we talked about on our buy low, sell high episode. I was uh, buying low on Keenan Allen because he was doing so good, really, in the receiving yard and catches. He was just not getting those touchdowns to kind of really make your fantasy day. He got one yesterday. Hopefully, that will continue. Uh, I have not really been that big on Mike Williams, so I'm still continuing to fade him. Uh, and that's really it. Oh, Hunter Henry, you've got to play Hunter Henry every week. I mean, he's just been phenomenal. He's been leading the team in targets since he's come back. He's definitely Phillip Rivers' go-to guy. He catches a touchdown in any of these games uh, where he's been getting a lot of the catches and yards. He's easily going to be a top top three, four, five tight end. He won't finish there at the end of the year just because he missed so many games. But I would not be surprised if he doesn't finish in the top 12, especially if he keeps putting up the points that he has. So that right there will do it, guys. Nice, easy episode today. Instead of right around 30 minutes, not not a bad episode at all. I will uh, be back on Thursday with Mr. Matthew Fox and Tony Dyer. We'll be talking about tanking. What is appropriate and what isn't appropriate in a Dynasty League? We're also going to do some Vampire League updates and who knows, maybe do some random stuff as well. Uh, we will have a, a jersey giveaway coming uh, coming up again here soon. I just got another one in today. I'm excited about it. Uh, it'll be a big deal for the state that I live in, that is for sure. We'll be posting that here probably within the next couple days, uh, so we'll definitely get that. Uh, with that being said, rate and review the podcast, please, guys. It, it means a lot to us. Uh, you know, we, we, we like to see what we're doing right and doing wrong. Uh, if you guys want to be entered into the contest, if you do a rate and you don't do a review, if you do a review, leave your name on there or leave a way for me to get a hold of you. Email, Twitter handle, whatever. If you do a rate and you don't want to do a review, find me on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. And shoot me a DM of the rate so that I know and I can add you to the list. If uh, you don't have if you don't have Twitter, you can find us on the Facebook page at the Fantasy Football Roundtable. You can send me a message on there, or you can send an email to the show. It is the fantasy it is fantasy roundtable at yahoo.com. Uh, please send one there too as well with a screenshot of uh, uh, of your rate, and I will get you entered in the jersey giveaway again. It's gonna be a college football jersey, signed college football jersey. I, I am really looking forward to giving this one away. Probably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play college football. So gonna be a big giveaway. Uh, and and on, outside of that, guys, I really appreciate you guys listening to us. Obviously, it, it means a lot to us for you guys to continue to come back and listen. If you guys have any questions moving into the playoffs, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Again, at SportsmanMB. Would be glad to help you guys in any way that I can. With all that being said, I'm out. Enjoy your next couple days. And me, Matt, and Tony will be back again on Thursday.